Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5-1280 The Zone. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you, Gordon. How are you? I'm well, Jake. Happy Monday to you. You're a hardworking man. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we, we, we had some... I see myself that way. Well, you, you, you couldn't compliment me without complimenting yourself? No, I want to compliment you because you've been pouring it on and you're going at it again tonight. <laughs> But I couldn't even say thank you, Gordon, without you <laughs> complimenting oh, no. yourself. Yeah, all right. I'll grant you. You've been working even harder than I oh, have. Oh, wow. Thank you, Gordon. You know, that does remind me of the, the, the time when you quoted yourself. <laughs> what, which time? When you what? said, uh, you were talking about Rick Vergeris. Oh, you know, yeah. you're like a great man once said. I didn't say and a then great you man. you said, wait, I come to say, think of it. I didn't say. That man was me. I didn't me. say a great man. I said a man once said. <laughs> I didn't say great. Come on, I'm not gonna do that. Who quotes? <laughs> Although them, it is funny. Who quotes themselves? <laughs> a great man once said, and that great man was me. No, it wasn't great. I didn't say. Great. Uh, yeah, you doing all right? But uh, yeah, I'm doing all right. And you are, like as I said, man. The Jazz have had a tough run here, and you've been all over it. Uh, it it's just that there's not a whole lot of positive to say. Uh, not at the moment. That game last night was one of the weirdest games I've ever seen. Yeah, and we'll we'll be mostly college football focused here in the four o'clock hour because um, we're jazz pregame or uh, the jazz pregame st- takes over the top of the four o'clock hour. So we'll we'll stay pretty football focused here. But that game last night was absolutely crazy. Can you imagine a basketball game, Gordon? Where in the third quarter, the Utah Jazz set a franchise record <laughs> with forty nine points in a quarter a franchise record for any quarter in utah jazz basketball history set a record and after that quarter was over they were still down 21 points so it went that's insane it went from the worst to the best but not good enough 49 points <laughs> in a quarter and you're still down 21 i uh, i've i've seen i've seen few things like it if i'm quinn snyder i am hot I'm hot right now. And I think he wasn't very pleased. No, it took a while to come out and uh, and talk to the media. Well, I mean, you know, that line, uh, that was ridiculous, that, that first half. I mean, no. I, that, was, that was absolutely something else. So, Do you even remember anything resembling that? No. Mm-mm. I mean, they, they, lost to, they lost to Dallas by 50 last yeah. year. I mean, that wasn't good. But yeah. That I game mean, down in Mexico wasn't very good either against uh, Orlando. 
Yeah, but they didn't lose by like to to be down forty at half. <laughs> I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah. I had a I had a friend of mine who's in the in the coaching world text me, and he said I he had never witnessed anything like it before, never down forty at halfway half? through the game. That is nothing more need be said. Well, to give up seventy seven points in a half is one thing. To only score 37 <laughs> points at half is another thing. What was your first Go thought? Go Jazz! In, in the, uh, in, what did you say at halftime? Got to <laughs> salvage a little pride? Was kind of Really, because that was about it at the, that point, right? And they did. They salvaged a little pride. A little? T- Tony Jones put it well on, uh, on Twitter after the game was over. The Jazz third quarter saved them from leading SportsCenter. Yeah, I suppose. It still. I mean, you're you you get crunched by you know, fifty <laughs> by the Raptors. You're probably leading Sports Center. So anyway, Can yeah, that was our if, night last night. Had that continued, getting beat by eighty points. What what's the league record for the biggest deficit of all time? That's got to be it, doesn't it? If they had continued on that way, uh, I don't know. Well, they didn't. They they fought back. But I, I'm not sure. I just don't know the usefulness of that other than, like you said, saving a little bit of pride. But it's over already. So, okay, you, you tried real hard after the game was already over. How about putting forth that kind of effort when the game is on the line still? All right, so uh, Jazz pregame takes over, top of the 4 o'clock hour. Let's get right into the football, Gordon. Time, right. uh, time is of the essence today. So Better let, news. Let's get to the split story of the day. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone. It is. And The Zone Sports Network. Not only off the play fake, nearly taken down in the backfield on the run. He'll lock one, end zone, got a man, it's caught, touchdown! It's Brad Keithy for the score! We talked about the explosiveness of Keithy. He was dead to rights in the backfield. He makes one guy miss, extends the play, and gets a big touchdown. Montez, in trouble, going to be taken down. Bradley Anai on the sack. No surprise. He is one sack shy of the career Utah lead. It's Keithy for the touchdown. His third of the game. Superstar in the making. He is, Gordon, and uh, Keithy almost single handedly blew out the Colorado Buffaloes over the weekend, uh, 45 to 15, and the Utes did what they needed to do. They handled their business in dominant fashion. Didn't start out the game particularly well, but after they got it rolling, uh, of course, they didn't, uh, they didn't look back. And uh, Keithy was terrific. Uh, Zach Moss uh, was a little bit more bottled up than usual, but he still found the end zone. Tyler Huntley uh, was uh, was very efficient as usual, as we've come to to expect. And uh, you know, Damari takes back a punt. I mean, it was it was a butt whooping. It was across the board. 
And, and Colorado, no great team, but uh, they had been playing a little better. They beat Washington before that coming in to this. But the Utes, they you heard the sound there on Brant Keithy, and uh, I, I was well on my way to writing a different column uh, covering that game, and I just looked at Keithy and I said, Man, i got to write about this, That's dude. the guy. Yeah. That's the guy. That's the dude. Yep, that's the story. I mean, that is the story. The Utes have yet another star. And that's that's what I wrote about. And the culmination of the stars, both on defense and on offense, are are, are coming to this crescendo at this point that is uh, impressive. Now, I've heard others on our station say that they think the Utes are good enough or as good as LSU and as good as Ohio State. I, I can't go that far, but call me impressed, man. They, these guys are playing terrific right now. And uh, they look like Pac-12 champions to me. I don't know what they're going to do after that. I don't know what kind of opportunity they're going to get after that. But they are good. They are good. And that's not that's not homerism coming in, man. That's looking at it and saying, wow. Uh, a couple of things while we talk about the game here and we'll talk about ram- uh, ramifications uh, now nationally coming up here momentarily because, of course, uh, a, a- Big team lost over the weekend, opening the door a little bit more for Utah in the college football playoff. But I don't but, think Alabama's the team they need to worry about. So we'll get into that yeah. in a sec. But I do want to say this. Shout out to Jalen Johnson because LaVisca Chenault, only four catches for Chenault. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I wanted to mention Jalen because he played a heck of a game. Yeah. Chenault is awesome. And Montez can can get him the football. So and then the 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 play that really st- stood out to me Gordon, the final play of uh Col- or at least Colorado having the ball where Montez got sacked and that was the last play of his college football career and you mm-hmm. just kind of thought, wow, that's just how it went for you. He just got crunched and it was like, mm, That's it. You're talking about Chanel. I've seen him listed as a first round draft pick. Yeah, he's awesome. He's really really good. I remember talking to the uh the play-by-play guy for the Buffs I think it was last year, Jake, and he said that Chenault is the best player that uh, that he had ever seen, or something along those lines, at, at, for the Buffs. And he is really, really good. And yet, yeah, the, he was not effective against the Utes. I I kind of thought it reminded me a little bit, not to the extent of it, but it reminded me a little bit of when uh, when Eric Weddle yeah. shut down Megatron. Yep. In the whatever Emerald Nut Bowl or whatever it was, <laughs> the one in San Francisco, the one in San Francisco where it was, it was just a, a you know, well, it was two NFL players going head to head and probably Hall of Famers going head to head. You know, I don't know if Chenault and Johnson are going down that road, but two, you know, two high draft pick NFL players going head to head, and Jalen Johnson was awesome. It was uh, there. There was talent all over the place on that defense. Uh, I have a friend who was talking to Kyle Whittingham, and I think Kyle told him that he thinks that there could be eight or nine guys on that defense hmm. who are in the league. Would that shock you? No, uh, eventually, because the the seven or eight everybody talks about are the seniors and Jalen Johnson. So, I mean, yeah, I certainly think some underclassmen on this team uh, will end up in the NFL. I went down uh, on the field and was standing next to the – I was watching the team on the field as in the closing minutes of that game, and then I was observing them as they were coming off the field. And one of the Utes was saying so – I'm trying to remember who it was. I think it was – I don't know. Whoever it was, I'll figure it out. I wrote it down somewhere. 
he, you know who it was? I think it was Josh Nurse. Because he, he was saying, I hope I'm not misquoting you on this. It was, Josh, it was somebody else. But he was saying, this ain't nothing new. And he was shouting it. This ain't nothing new. That the Utes expected this of themselves to go to the Pac-12 championship game and to win that darn thing. And I thought Keithy's quote after the game was <laughs> colorful and notable. That's why I put it at the top of my column. But he he said, uh, essentially, quote, we're going to go win that beat. And when you hear a player talk like that, it ain't bragging if it's fact. And that's the way they feel about it. All right. As we alluded to, Gordon, Alabama loses. They lost to Auburn 48-45. to Oh, this is why. Don't let your kids grow up to be field goal kickers. Just don't. A lot of pressure. Sure is. A lot of pressure. We talked about that kid that uh, got his team penalized in the Egg Bowl. The Mississippi State guy? Yeah, for that ridiculous celebration. And he'll, he will always be known as that guy. Same thing with the kicker at Alabama missing that kick. Oh, man, doesn't your heart go out to him? And I, I know Bama fans probably all upset about it, but he will be the kid that missed the kick. It's too bad. Yep. Yeah, it's it's too bad. I did like uh, seeing Nick Saban come unglued, though, when yeah. they had that clock issue. And he was probably right, by the way. <laughs> I get why he was coming unglued. Yeah. He was probably correct, but still enjoyed it. Uh, you know, Nick Saban always gets stuff to break the right way for him, so... Well, okay, so Alabama loses, but I don't think Alabama's the problem. I think Oklahoma's the problem. Well, Alabama would have been the problem. Yeah, it would have been a problem. But they lost. They would have, because they're Alabama, and because they want to get two SEC teams in, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I always thought that they would have put Alabama in ahead of Utah. But Oklahoma, you you can see what the the committee's going to do, right? They're going to leave Utah in front of them. Uh, for the for the time being, and then after the the conference championship games, they're going to say, "Well, Oklahoma got the better win, so they'll have Oklahoma leapfrog Utah." That's what I think will happen. Uh, if uh, obviously everybody knows this already, if uh, Georgia happens to beat LSU, then the Utes are done for. Right, I, and uh, I think everybody agrees with that. Now, that's, and that's, that's how it a, that's should be. That's a tall order, though, for them to be able to do that. I don't know whether Georgia's good enough to pull that one off. We'll see. LSU is off the the two best teams I've seen this year are LSU and, and Ohio State, hmm. and I and I am I am really impressed with the Utes. But those teams, and then as you brought up, as I was talking to you about this before the show started, wait a minute, what about Clemson? They're the defending champs. They're really good. Outside of that, everybody points to the North Carolina thing, and I, I got it. They almost lost, but they've they've picked it up big time. They're they're playing really great football. They're going to smash Virginia. Yeah, yeah. They're going to uh-huh. smash. Can I can I d- tell you something that's bugging me real quick? Sure. That has to do with all of this. Uh huh. And that is namely the ESPN playoff predictor. <laughs> what has it got going? <laughs> all right, so it's got it's got Oklahoma the chances that they make the playoff ahead of Utah. Oklahoma at thirty seven percent, Utah at nine, Baylor at eight. But what is the criteria? What is the what is the formula that goes into this? Because it's a committee of humans that pick the field, right? So how on earth do you? What do you know, ESPN? <laughs> and and here's my concern though is it's kind of one of those well. We want Oklahoma and we don't want Utah, it so we're going to so it? we're going to 
you know, put this out that Oklahoma has a higher percent chance because you know, we are the ones who are really running the show, or at very least affecting public perception. But I, I saw them flash that up at the at the Ute game, and I, I'm just thinking on on the schedule or on the uh, on the TV, and then I went through and and read about it, and I can't, I honestly, and if somebody can find this, feel free to send it to me. But I can't find the criteria of this of these predictions, the formula they put into it. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, so ultimately, the, Utah's ahead of Oklahoma in the rankings. So, why would your predictor? Because they are predicting that they're going to beat Baylor. But like, you, you and can, then if they beat Baylor, they'll have more quality wins than the Utes do. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like predicting a game. You, you can see that because you can crunch a bunch of numbers, right? And there, there's going to be a definitive outcome, and we know what how that outcome is reached. They play football, yeah, yeah. and they score points, uh-huh, uh-huh. right? So how can you predict the outcome of something that you don't know the method that – like, you don't know the formula it, to it, get it, the outcome, it, so how can you create a, a, a mathematical prediction? It's a great question. It's ridiculous. At least in Vegas, the handicappers were like, <laughs> okay, it's some handicapper. <laughs> This is supposed to be scientific. How on earth do you know that Utah has a 9% chance? Are you in Condoleezza Rice's brain? <laughs> and I realize that she's not on the committee anymore, but she oh, will pity. She will always be on the committee in yeah, my mind. Yeah. But it, it, I won't dwell on this any further. But that that bugs me. Yeah, it, and it, it feels it, like ESPN is advocating for, yeah, I don't know. for what they want. I, I, I don't know, but I'm afraid that the committee members feel the same way. I think Utah... I already said that I think Ohio State and LSU are the best teams, and you gotta you gotta include Clemson. I mean, you just got to. And so, but as far as Oklahoma having a better team than the Utes, I I don't know about that. They've but, looked but, real shaky. But but I do believe that if they beat Baylor, they will leapfrog the Utes. I I just don't trust this system. I think ultimately you hit the nail on the head, Jake. It comes down to a group of people sitting there scratching their heads, pretending they're shuffling through numbers and papers, and then coming up with relying on their opinion. That's what they're going to do, and they. Their opinion counts more than yours and mine because they have been washed clean and they have been named a part of that committee. But they won't know any better than you and I or anyone else, for that matter, whether Oklahoma is really better than the Utes. This Utah team is really, really good, and this is the problem. The system's broken. And they're going to come to some conclusion one way or the other. And I feel bad whoever gets left out if it comes down that way. But, like I've been saying all along, if the Utes end up in the Rose Bowl, folks, buy your tickets and go because you are going to love it. No matter what happens with this, take pride in what you're seeing out of the Utes. They're playing great. They are great. It is the best Utah team I've ever seen play. And if they don't make it into the playoff, then don't let those – don't let the system get you down. Don't let that committee get you down. Your opinion is as important as theirs, and you can enjoy that experience in Pasadena. Uh, but it, th- there's no other choice. You've got to. You, you can't let other people control your happiness or your satisfaction. Anything like that. They're going to come up with their idea of who should go. And man, if they if they don't include the Utes, then head to Pasadena and have a great time. 
Real quick here, John tweets in. He says, how bad does Utah have to beat Oregon to make a difference? So last last week I liked our, our little role play activity. We uh, pretended to be attorneys. If we were representing Utah, what would be the strongest argument? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's changed. Yeah. I think their strongest argument is that they've just been dismantling teams, right? Because you can't point really to a signature win because the Huskies didn't hold up their end of the bargain. Right. So you, you can't really the, – the people say, oh, Utah hasn't beaten anybody. Man, they're kind of right. So you're not going to go with that argument. Your your loss is decent, but it's pretty much on the same level as K-State. So you know, I don't know if you want to make the better loss argument, although I, I suppose K-State you could. K-State was ranked at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. But the best argument for Utah is while Oklahoma is looking wobbly, barely beating TCU – Utah has been blowing the doors off teams. That's yeah. still their strongest argument. So with that in mind, I would say they've got to do the same thing to Oregon. You need you need Baylor, Oklahoma to be a real bump and skitter. Yeah. And you need to, to 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 take apart Oregon. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I'm going in my argument for the Utes. I'm going off the eye test. Yeah, because they don't have signature wins. But that's their best argument. Yeah. It really is. I mean, the the Utes look great against Colorado. They did. The Utes look great against UCLA. Mm-hmm. And these these teams, the Utes look great against Cal. Look great against Oregon State. Look great against Washington State. You're not. There's not an opponent you can point to and go, "Whoa, that was really tough." But what you can do is point to these games where Utah has absolutely taken care of their business and by the way did it with some class too none of there there hasn't been run up the score touchdowns either yeah i agree with that they've they've been fair beat downs Mm -hmm. yes and so uh, that's that's by far the strongest argument for utah so you need another one wouldn't it be ironic though the utes go to the pac-12 and everybody thinks, okay, if they win the Pac-12, then they have a good – if they're really great like they were uh, a show the way they did in 08 and 04, uh, if they're in the Pac-12 and they do something similar to that, then they're going to get in. Well, it is the Pac-12 that's holding them back. Right now. It is the Pac-12 that is holding this Utah team back. That and the one loss. But, of course, Oklahoma has the one loss as well. Well, the one loss, I mean, if Utah's undefeated, they're firmly in. So, yeah. I mean, there is some self-blame to be had there. But, you know, Ute fans don't want to hear that right now. I get it. They think their team, their team belongs in. And Why? Because they're doing the same thing we are. They're looking at this team right. going, wow, yeah, this team is really, really good on defense and offense. But the system is is – not perfect. Nope. I uh, want to remind you about our friends at Syringa, uh, Verizon, and XO customers. If you were recently notified that some of your telecommunications services will no longer be supported, contact Syringa Networks, Utah's fastest-growing premier telecommunications provider. They have a full range of services. Call today, 385-420-8221. That's 385-420-8221, Syringa Networks. Uh, what happened to BYU over the weekend? We'll get to that coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Second out. Three flicker play. Ball's loose. 
Tariq Thompson, fumble recovery for San Diego State. What a play for the Aztecs. Southam tries to make his second of the night. From 26, no good, off the upright, and he missed it. To keep this a 10-3 game. Must have for Wilson of BYU. Intercepted. Tariq Thompson with a pick for San Diego State. And the exclamation point on this lockdown brick wall defense of the Aztecs. Not a great uh, weekend for the Cougs. They lose to San Diego State 13-3. Uh, to three. Band of the day. Well, it's just this song. Uh, and it's uh, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. We talked about how do, how do you actually get down by 40 at the half in an NBA game. We yeah. talked about that in the last segment. Uh-huh. Answer me this. How do you get 416 total yards? Noted. And score three points. How is how is As, that possible? That, isn't that that's only happened a handful of times too? <laughs> how does that happen? Yeah. You make mistakes and you don't finish drives. Yeah, you just shoot yourself in the foot over and over again. As the as or the you use your foot to miss a field goal. Right. But I, you know what I was I was looking through the stats after the game. I was like, they got BYU four hundred sixteen yards of total offense. That's hey. That's a day. You can go have yourself a day. And then you look up a little bit to the to the final score and you're like, oh, three. Three. <laughs> that does those two numbers don't go together, do they? I thought and BYU had twenty three first downs to San Diego State's twelve. What? How do you only score? And they three get outscored points? by ten? What I, the? I thought I, I thought Hans had a really great <clears throat> breakdown of this uh on on his show, but and, and they brought up the point. How does this happen in week twelve? That's a that's a week one game, right? Yeah, that, that's when yeah. you you you're disjointed and you make a bunch of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How does that happen on week twelve? Uh, again, they're in arrears there and in, in the turnovers. What was it, three to zero? Yeah, and you can't finish drives. You I mean, you can you can point to it all, but I mean. That was just a weird game. I, I was up covering Utah's game, and I came home, and, and the game, uh, my, somebody had recorded it and was watching it, and I, I got around to the second half, and I'm just watching that game. And uh, I, I thought to myself, this must be frustrating for everybody involved in that program. And that was the first word that came to my mind was frustration hmm. because that's a bad loss. I saw your tweet, Austin. That's a bad loss, and you're exactly right. You can talk about San Diego State was ranked earlier in the year. We're we're talking about a team that beat Weber State six to zero. Well, Weber's good. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't mean to be disrespectful. I mean, in they, any way. Yeah, they're like the three seed in the in the playoffs. All right, they lost to Utah State, who you destroyed. True. It was just no, no. They they took their eye off the ball, and here's yeah. here's my concern. And not that I, I know that everything this whole season has come back to Kalani's contract, but here's the, here's the concern. They played with such desperation earlier in the year, and I think that's a big part of the reason why they played so well against Boise State because their their back was against the wall, yeah. and they were playing for their guy. Yeah, and now that their guy's job is safe, is it going to go back to loosey goosey? You know what I mean? 
So how does that happen? How do you? How I think you said it really well there, Jake. They took their eye off the ball. How do you let that happen? I think part of the problem is honestly, they need something to play for. You've got to find a way to motivate yourself throughout this long college football season. And for a long time, they had we got to go win this for coach. We got to go do this. That's why we're motivated. That's why we're excited to go play this game. It's true it's Boise and true it's Utah State and we have these relationships with these guys but if we don't win this coach is out. We got to go do this. And then when that motivational factor is off the table, now it's like, well, we're going to Hawaii either way. But you would think that they have it after having played the the crappy teams that they got fat on at the end. You would think that they would look at San Diego State and think this is an opportunity for us to really show the progress we've made. And they go, they go down there and score three points. Yeah, and instead we got who cares. Yeah. Because they need something to play for. Um, I, you know, that, that may be a stronger and stronger argument all the time. I, I, based on the way, I mean, they were just, that, it, it didn't look properly coordinated. Yeah, to put it kindly. I mean, it'd be one thing if they. It'd be one thing if this was a, a defensive battle, and both defense and San Diego State's defense was really, really good, mm-hmm. and you were just butting your head up against it all game long. They that, are that, good against the run. They are good against the run, and, and they were against BYU. But that would be one thing. But that wasn't what this game was. This game was mistake after mistake yeah. after mistake. Yeah, and that that. I mean, that's mental stuff, right? That's A lot of that is focused, uh, not to bring hands up again, but Hans had an example of, uh, of the, the left tackle not doing his play on one job uh, or not doing his job on one play at, that was otherwise completely executed uh, to perfection, and that led to the strip sack. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, just those little things. Yeah. You know, a, a player that is normally rock solid, Makes one mistake on one play, you know, one mental error or whatever, and gets beaten. It's like those sorts of things. But that's football. That's football. So you've got to be able to master that. Yeah. Against San Diego State? But you've got to be motivated to be focused. How many times did you ask yourself during that game, how did BYU beat Boise State and USC? Well, I know because I watched, and they played a lot better than they were playing against San <laughs> it's Diego State. The same State. team, but but it's those mistakes. That's what I'm talking about. It's the the complete like lack of focus at times, where you're you're you, football's really hard. You have to be motivated to to succeed at the highest level. So, do you blame the players or do you blame the coaches? Now, I mean, you lose a game like that, get in line. I bet you, I bet you, Kalani, I bet you, those players down there tell. Tell you all the same thing, you know. Everybody shoulders blame for a loss like that. Yeah, it's there's a lot of who who was a famous quote from uh, Yogi Berra. It's eighty percent, fifty percent, half of it's fifty, eighty percent mental or something. These guys nailed it. Have, have, I screwed it up. I know, but uh, I'm not thinking straight. I'm not focused properly. I'm not talking with enough force. Yeah, they gotta they gotta be prepared to play and then go in there and, and take care of their business. It's not like they're playing world beaters. Yep. All right, uh, coming up on Thursday, come down to Metro by T-Mobile, 2120 South, 700 East in Salt Lake uh, to join us, the big show, from 3 to 6. We'll be broadcasting live. Uh, coaching news 
out of the Pac-12. We'll yeah. get to that coming up right around Surprising the corner. Surprising to us. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. Guess who's back? You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Wrapping up a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to do this a little early today, but it's time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. Correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Announced by DJ and PK this morning at 850, and you'll win a Zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game, brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. Uh, Gordon, big news in the Pac-12 today. Chris Peterson resigns. As head coach, he said uh, he needs to get a little recharge. Jimmy Lake is going to be your next head coach at Washington. They just promoted their defensive coordinator. But uh, Chris steps down. What do you think about that? A couple things. First thing was this is a guy who's going to get job offers. You know, Oh, he's a great coach. Yeah. One of the best. Uh, the other thing is if you pour your heart and soul into this profession, you're going to get tired. You know, it's – it's going to happen. He's made a lot of money. He probably can go do some things that he hasn't had a chance to do, and then he'll want to get back into it at some point. He's 55. So, yeah, I, I, I understand it because these guys are maniacs. Yeah. Well, and the, and the job is is just incredibly demanding. It used to be, you know, college football was almost you almost had a break in the summer and being a college coach, uh, you know, it's a it's a 365 day a week or a day a year gig. Yeah. I mean, you and you have to be Hey, I'll I'll tell you this. We'll do you want some games with Tim Lacombe, former BYU assistant coach, you know, seeing or hearing him talk about his his life now that it's mm-hmm. kind of normal compared yeah. to his life when he was uh, a college basketball coach, it's it's really interesting seeing him like like Thanksgiving, have a normal Thanksgiving or whatever. Because it, it, a coach's life is is crazy. It it's it's crazy. You're on all the time. It's hard on your family. The whole thing. So, given all that, Jake, I don't know how much money Chris Peterson has in the bank or invested. Probably sizable amount, and he can probably. You know, make money on the side doing practically nothing. And you compare that life with the life you just described, even though you're going to continue to make good money, but you got a lot of money already. Be pretty tempting, wouldn't it? Life is short. Yeah. You know, some guys have to work and they want to work long. Uh, it's why, I, like, like John Gruden, I'm surprised he got back into it because he was living the dream as a broadcaster. I mean, that guy worked how many days a year <laughs> and, right. made, and made millions doing it mm-hmm. compared to, you know, you remember the old uh, the stories about Chucky and how he slept at the facility and all that sort of thing back when he was with the, the Raiders. I have interviewed so many coaches through the years who go about it that way. And I think that's good for results right now. But it's not good for lasting a long time in the profession. Yeah. And I remember when Urban Meyer said to me, he said, I'll be golfing by the time I'm 50. Well, I think he made 54. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And I, I would be surprised if we see Urban back in it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. He's a terrific analyst right now. He's he's really really good. Well, I think and he knows a thing or two about the game. Did you follow the drama yesterday involved with uh, with Clay Helton and USC that Sports Illustrated reported that he was out, and then Sports another Sports Illustrated reporter said, <laughs> "No, he's, he's not," <laughs> or at least at the very least a decision has not been made. Um, you don't think that Chris Peterson would need no, to no, no. recharge and then just head south? I mean, he he passed on USC yeah. a few years ago. I don't I don't know why he would take that gig now. Um, I just am, am really surprised they're considering keeping Clay Hilton. I would have thought the new athletic director would want to start from scratch. So uh, maybe, I, maybe I don't believe that. I'm not so sure if I'm buying that. I don't know there. either because I just know the attitude of that booster base down there. And what Clay Helton is bringing to the table is not good enough for those people, be it right or wrong. It is the way they view it. It's hard to fire a a top 25 coach who has eight wins, though. Except for the fact that those folks down there think that SC should finish number one every year. And I don't think Clay Helton can get them there. So maybe they should make it. Doesn't look like it. But I'm just telling you, the attitude down there amongst the the power brokers that are involved in that program, they think – uh, rightly or wrongly, that they should get their way every year, and Clay Helton's not doing that. Well, these are two big programs in the Pac-12 that uh, are, well, maybe making coaching changes, and it's so you know it's it's kind of funny. So much relies on that. I mean, if USC hires somebody that can actually put it together and and achieve what they're capable of achieving, I mean, the you know the other teams in the South are probably toast. And we've seen what Washington is capable of, but we've also seen Washington under who is the old uh, uh, who is the old Notre Dame head coach that oh, basically with, with, Willingham, Willingham went winless yeah. at Washington that one season or whatever <laughs> it was. So, you know, it it's crazy. We'll see how Jimmy Lake does. We'll see what USC does. But that's I mean, those are two big time programs. The future of the the Pac-12 kind of hinges on what decisions are made. here. Well, and the, the reason that is the case right now are complete opposite uh, uh, reasons. I mean, Chris Peters, a man who says at 55, I need to recharge, is a man who's got job offers in his pocket. Probably. Or enough money that he's going to be comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Playing golf. Clay Hilton, not so much. I mean, he might have some money, but that's a hot seat down there. It is. All right, Gordo. Well, uh, good hour. Oh, yeah. It was good, uh, good hour today, buddy. I'm just getting lathered up. It's been good to see you. <laughs> Tough Monday for you in the books. Oh, uh, well. All right. Well, well, if you're kicking me out, I'll leave. Enjoy the jazz game tonight, huh? Uh, well, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Ben Anderson jumps into the studio coming up next as we'll get you ready for the jazz and the 76ers. That's straight ahead. Make no excuses tonight. Make me make no excuses yeah, tonight? You guys make no mis- no excuses for the jazz if they don't play well. Oh. I mean, we didn't really make excuses for them last I night. I wouldn't expect you to. I wouldn't expect it. Well, then where'd that come, this, come from? This team deserves a, you know, I mean, it should be held to a high standard. Okay. Well, we'll we'll do that coming up next. Thanks, Gordon. <laughs> okay, see ya. Bye. Stay I'm going to go play golf. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. It's, there's a lot of, who, who was a famous quote from uh, Yogi Berra? It's uh, 80%, 50%, half of it's 50, 80% mental or something. I knew that was about the end of it. So long. Farewell, I'll be